Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. This is the Rochester International Jazz Festival edition, day five. Saw some great music tonight that really covered the spectrum, starting at 6 p.m. in Kilbourne Hall with the Harry Allen Joe Cohn trio. It was a trio, except that it was a quartet. I don't know why I said trio. Four guys is a is a quartet. So uh, anyway, Harry Allen on tenor saxophone, Joe Cohn on guitar, Joel Forbes on bass, and Chuck Riggs on drums. They played a lot of great stuff, but I think the the grabber moment for me was the second tune, which was the beautiful Where Are You? At the end of it, Harry played this cadenza that just it, it seemed to float through Kilbourne Hall. He has such an amazing touch in the upper register where he's just He's just able to make the upper register sound of his tenor saxophone, but do it almost while not seeming to breathe into the horn. It's just this beautiful, ethereal sound that he gets, and it was a really lovely way to end a great ballad performance. They also did the Ellington arrangement of Body and Soul as their uh, closing number, which was wonderful, which starts off as a ballad and then becomes a burner and then ends up as a ballad again. And then Harry did just another unaccompanied saxophone bit that, that was fantastic. All in all, a very tasteful set of standard jazz played by uh, some incredibly talented musicians. And the crowd was very, very appreciative. To end the evening, I saw Trio Beyond with John Schofield, Jack DeJanet, and Larry Goldings. They were in the Eastman Theater and played again before a very appreciative audience, many of whom had also been there for the opener, Jean-Luc Ponty. Trio Beyond is uh, an impressive band. I mean, with names like Goldings, Dijonette, and Schofield, you know you're going to get something good. And they really mesh together very well. They've got a new album out called Sodage, and uh, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend this band if they come anywhere near where you are. It was a fun show full of very intense soloing, beautiful coloring on the drums from Jack Dijonette. And Larry Goldings, who's not... He's not a, a like a Dr. Lonnie-style organ player. He's a colorist on the organ. But, man, he tore into it on John Schofield's tune, Flower Power, which I think was, for me, the best tune of the night. Saw a lot of great folks out in the streets, of course. It was packed again. It's been just drop-dead beautiful weather here in Rochester, which is really amazing. If you've never been to Rochester, New York, drop-dead beautiful is not the way I would usually describe our weather. So... We've really lucked out with a series of sunny 80-degree days, one after the other. We had a little thunderstorm on the very first night. Since then, it's been quite wonderful. My wife always makes fun of me for uh, wanting to eat a cheeseburger every day, and I always say that's an exaggeration. But the Center Stage Cafe there, where I, I had some audio of my cheeseburger eating from the first night, I, I've been there every single night eating a cheeseburger. They're really good cheeseburgers. The most interesting part of the evening for me was about 15 or 20 minutes I spent talking to Mike Melito, who's a drummer. He's played with everybody, and in fact, this week, he's played with everybody. Uh, he has been the drummer of choice in numerous bands and more to come here in the Jazz Festival, from Benny Golson to James Moody. I sat down and talked with Mike and recorded about 12 minutes of it, and I have to say it was just a really fascinating conversation. It's going to be coming up in a few minutes here on the show, and I, I urge you to pay it close attention because he's a he's one of those people who's just a nice guy. And I don't mean nice in the, like, milk toast sense. I mean, he's just he's a good human being. 
You can just tell when you talk to him. There's just not there's not a nasty bone in the guy's body, and you just feel good when you're around him. And he's a hell of a drummer. Mike is also one-third of the trio that holds down the jam session every night, the house band of the Rochester International Jazz Festival. Also Bob Snyder on guitar and Phil Flanagan on bass. And uh, you'll hear some stories from the jam sessions in the interview with Mike. Also had a chance to catch up with Dino Lucido. He was eating a sausage while I was eating my cheeseburger. Dino's a very talented piano player, and we chatted for a few minutes before he went in and played with Nancy Kelly, a singer at, who's here at the Jazz Festival. And then you'll hear some uh, person-on-the-street interviews with folks waiting for the Harry Allen Joe Cohn show. And that's what we've got for you tonight. So enjoy, and uh, I'll be back to talk to you after you hear this from Dino Lucido. I'm here with pianist Dino Lucido, who uh, has made a, a long journey since his days in Elmira and has become a, a recording artist. He's become a father, and uh, he's been touring all over the country with various bands, including his own. And he's here tonight at the Jazz Festival with singer Nancy Kelly. Dino, it's great, great to see you again, man. Jason, it's great to see you. I haven't seen you in a couple of years. It has been a couple of years. Uh, talk about what you've been doing uh, in the last couple of years. You've had some albums. Uh, yeah, you've been a really busy I, man. Uh, my trio record that came out had Neil Miner and uh, Mike Melito. Recorded some other albums for some other people. Uh, we just recently did Nancy Kelly's uh, record with Houston Person, Neil Miner and, and Mark Taylor. And uh, yeah, things are good. You know, uh, just busy right now, and uh, like I said, I'm a new father, so uh, right now it's uh, taking up most of my time, uh, <laughs> most of my practice time, too. So it's that, that jazz musician life changes when the baby oh, comes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> things, are, things are not the same now. So, uh, uh, but hopefully soon here it'll, it'll slow down a little bit and uh, get back into it. Are you uh, anticipating another recording project coming up? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to uh, definitely get back in the studio uh, as soon as, it, like I said, things slow down a little bit here. But I'm not sure of the instrumentation, what we're going to do, but maybe probably a quartet, you know. Uh, so uh, I'm looking at getting in the studio within a year or so and uh, That's great. do another CD. Talk a little bit just about, about how you came up. When, when did you start really getting into jazz piano, and how did you get exposed to jazz when you were a well, kid? I mean, I was exposed to jazz really early. I I, uh, I started playing when I was four years old, um, and uh, my family was uh, extremely into music. My mother was actually a jazz vocalist. I learned I learned quite a bit at an early age from her, and, and learning from from a vocalist standpoint as a as a young person, I got a different perspective on music. You know, learning lyrics. Do you think that early exposure from your mom, who was a singer, helps you when you're playing with someone like Nancy Kelly? Absolutely, I think uh, being exposed to vocalists is is, is key to be being a, a good you know musician and, and knowing and getting inside tunes easier. Who were some of the pianists you listened to when you were coming up? Uh, my first influences were, were probably uh, Kenny Barron, and um, I listened to a lot of Red Garland and uh, Phineas Newborn, Oscar Peterson, uh, Wynton Kelly. That that was pretty much my influence. Talk about who else is on the band with uh, Nancy tonight. Tonight is uh, Peter Swazik, uh, bass player, and um, uh, Jimmy Johns is, is playing drums. And you guys are doing two shows tonight, right? Yep, 6.15 and 10 o'clock later. Sounds great. Well, I can hear the band, uh, the high school band, warming up behind us, and I know you got to do a sound check, yep. so I thank you for taking the time, and uh, it's really great to talk to you again, man. Great to talk to you, Jason. We move now from Dino Lucido to some of the crowd outside the Harry Allen 
Joe Cohn show. So I'm here in front of uh, Kilbourne Hall where folks are lined up tonight to see uh, Harry Allen and Joe Cohn. And uh, let's start off by telling folks uh, who you are and where you're from. Hi, I'm Gary Gear. I'm a photographer for the fest. So you've seen uh, just about everything then because you've been shooting it professionally. Uh, any highlights for you so far, Gary? Uh, Benny Golson for sure. Not only in his performance, which was wonderful, but he's quite the raconteur, and he was telling some incredible stories about uh, past musicians with giving great tribute. That was, that was a treat. It's like a window on history. It must be a pretty special thing to uh, take photographs. I mean, it must be kind of an intimate connection with the artists all throughout the festival. Yeah, it is. I, I grew up as a kid. My uncle was a jazz producer, so I saw a lot of acts. So I kind of know when they're going to hit a certain point or get a certain feeling, and I, it's like a dance. You try and coordinate when they're going to be right at that point and uh it's it's not a challenge but it's just a thing to want to be in sync with them it's it's um something you really want to do and pay tribute have you gotten some photos you've been particularly happy with uh at the festival here oh quite a few yeah uh quite a bit uh it's funny it's mainly a lot for the uh sidemen that are with the musicians uh, because they have more time to be around i go to a lot of the sound checks but uh yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. Just incredible. That's great. Well, thanks, Gary. We're going to move around the circle here. Tell folks your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Shelley Levy, and I'm from Buffalo, New York. And uh, how many jazz festivals have you been to in a row here, Shelley? What do you, what do you mean? Here in Rochester. Is this your first year? Uh, or you been? My third. Okay. My third third year. Yeah, it's my it's my job. I come. Uh, I drive every day from Buffalo and uh, get in line and uh, see uh, a couple shows, uh, at least two a night, and then drive back to Buffalo. You're a brave man. What uh, What are you going to see tonight? Uh, tonight we're going to see uh, uh, we're going to see here at, at Kilbourne. We're going to see uh, Harry Allen and uh, Joe Cohn, and then I think I'm going to jump down to the uh, the montage and see uh, Bonarama. I'm a fan of uh, New Orleans uh, Second Line, so uh, I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. What do you think about the atmosphere of the festival here? Oh, it's a great! I go to well, I should say that I go to a lot of festivals. That's how I spend my summer. I go to a lot of fe- a lot of festivals. After Rochester, I'll, I'm going to go to the Montreal Jazz Festival, and then I'm going to be at the Chicago Jazz Festival, and then I'll be at a, a, a festival in Ontario uh, in a town called Guelph. So we, uh, I, I that this is how I spend my summer, generally speaking. And I think Rochester's festival is a lot of fun, mostly because you can walk everywhere. And all the different kinds of venues. It's not like when you go to Chicago, you sit in a big, you sit outside in Grand Park, but all the music is happening in the same place. You don't really have to go anywhere. And I like the idea of, you know, small clubs, auditorium, you know, the atrium at, uh, you know, Max at the Eastman. So it's it's good. Or high fidelity, you know, hang out in a bar, and uh, so that's. I think in some ways for me is rather unique. Montreal is not like that. Montreal, they have a number of stages, but they're all outdoor stages. Uh, Guelph is, is very similar to this, though, that you can, a lot of different kind of uh, venues that you go to and walk around. No, I, you know, I love it here. It's a great, great time, very reasonably priced. You buy the club pass. Uh, I think you're fool- people are foolish not to jump on it right away. And you sound like a guy with pretty broad taste, everything from Second Line to Guelph, which is a lot of very experimental music, a lot of free music. Absolutely. Um, I, do, uh, I do like that uh, you know, improvised free music quite a bit. One of the highlights today, uh, this year here, uh, and maybe my only disappointment of Rochester, is this year there seems to be less of that kind of music. But, uh, but Lottie Ankar with uh, uh, Greg Taborn and Gerald Cleaver was 
absolutely, for me, one of the highlights of the festival. That was terrific. That was just terrific. What is it about freer music that that appeals to you? Um, I, I guess I like the challenge. I like the, the fact that you... Um, uh, it demands to be listened to. You're, you know, you really have to engage your mind uh, as well as your butt, as you would in second line. You know, that's what you got to do in some of that stuff. You really have to think about what's going on and pay attention. And I, uh, I like the challenge. Thanks, Shelley. It was a pleasure to talk uh, to you. But, yep, but uh, you'll see me again next year, I'm sure. Sounds great. <laughs> we'll have more commentary from folks outside the show, but uh, first, I want to get to a sound sample from Trio Beyond. This is John Schofield, Jack DeJanet, and Larry Goldings, and here's a bit of what they sounded like tonight in the Eastman Theater. beyond there we take you now back outside Kilbourne Hall to talk to more folks in the crowd we're still outside Kilbourne Hall and I'm uh, talking to one of the oh I'm th- I'm three people down from one of last night's guests Paul from Greece how are you man nice to see you also in the Kilbourne line I'm uh, about 20 people down from the guys I just interviewed and I'm right next to one of the the more interesting characters at the jazz festival and I know her well because she's my next door neighbor and that is Susan Powers how are you this evening I'm Jason, I want the people to know what I heard in Kilbourne Hall two nights ago. It was Freddie Hirsch. At the end of his um, encore, which was a gorgeous version of Change Partners and Dance With Me, he said, this festival is great. I wish we had one like this in New York. And how did the crowd respond? Screaming, stomping, jumping. It it was marvelous. Now, did you get into Eldar last night? No, I stayed home. No, after all this talk. I was at work and I was late and I I was tuned into 90.1 and I heard that the line for Eldar Eldar was forming at 3 o'clock and I just, I gave up. Now, what have you seen this festival so far that you've uh, that you've enjoyed? I didn't hear what have you seen so far that you like this year? Everything. <laughs> I was on the fringes of the ten thousand people who were listening to Lost Lonely Boys. We didn't see them very closely, but we savored the party atmosphere. It was—it's was, just 
I can't say enough about it. It makes Rochester seem like the heart of London or or Toronto, and it's the best. And now it's the interview with Mike Melito. We spoke in the bar inside Max of Eastman Place, where many of the Jazz Fest artists have been performing, including Eldar last night, to two completely packed houses. Nancy Kelly was in there tonight, and while the band was doing their sound check, Mike and I sat down. I'm here with one of my favorite drummers, one of my favorite guys, Mike Melito. Very nice to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, Jason. It's great to see you. So uh, you just recently were on a recording project with uh, not only some folks from the Rochester scene, but also some some folks from the national scene, as all of you are as well. Talk about the the new album and and what it was celebrating. Okay, well, we we have a new record out, uh, the We being uh, really the jazz festival house bands with Bob Schneider on guitar. Phil Flanagan on bass, um, and we decided to do this project like of to kind of celebrate the jam sessions and kind of you know because we we do it every year you know so what we did was we went down to to New York in December last December and recorded a, a trio record plus some guests so we had John Nugent played on a couple tunes the festival producer of course sure. one of them. Um, John Schneider, who's Bob's brother, played on a couple of tunes. And then Vincent Herring, the great alto player, he played on two tunes. And David Hazeltine, the piano player, played on two tunes. So it just came out like this week. So now, we're excited about it. Just so f- to make sure folks know, the jam sessions that you're talking about are every night in the State Street Bar and Grill in a hotel downtown in Rochester, where after the all the main shows of the festival, all the artists come down, all the fans come down, and you never know who's going to be on stage. Can you talk about some of the the more memorable experiences you've had during the jam session? Sure. Um, you I've know, seen a few you can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, w- probably the guy that stands out right away is uh, who was a sweet guy was George Benson. You know, George played with played a set with us, which was fun, you know, because, you know, a lot of people just associate him with, you know, his classic pop tunes, but he was... You know, he's an inc- really an incredible straight-ahead jazz guitar player. You know, he came out of West Montgomery. You know, you, you know. So, um, I'm trying to think of who. Well, this festival so far. Uh, well, Dave Kikowski played. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, it's it's been a long. Did I hear that Eldar sat in the other night, but not on piano? I th- yeah. You know, I I might have. I was doing a couple other shows, so uh, I, I I had to. There was a sub in for a couple sets, so. You know, so yeah, so it's like I didn't. I heard know. that he sat in on drums. At oh, some did he point really? Well, yeah. Dave Kikowski was sat playing, in on drums. Right? Yeah, he yeah. played drums. Actually. Oh, he okay, sat no in kidding. on drums. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Dave Kikowski and, uh, you know, Lou Tabakin sat in uh, over the years. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, oh, boy, there's so many. Well, last night uh, I, I played this The Four Brothers Seven, Frank Tiberi, Larry McKenna. And Larry McKenna is a great saxophone player from Philadelphia. He sat in. These are all guys from Woody Herman's yeah. Thundering Herd. Correct. And, uh, you know, uh, boy, a lot of different guys. You know, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now on, like, everybody. Well, it's been six years, you know, <laughs> yeah. ten nights over six years. I mean, that's that's an amazing amount of work. Yeah. Now, talk a little bit. Why do you think something like a jam session is important to a jazz festival? What does it give to this festival to have this jam session each night? Well, I think what it gives is it gives it everybody local, and it gives the... You know, a lot of the festival guys, uh, just a chance to just unwind and play some tunes that they may not do a lot, you know, because a lot of times when, you know, like Trio Beyond or something, you're not going to really be hearing probably like a lot of standard tunes. 
which is fine. It's great. But, you know, sometimes I think a lot of the t- times the guys just want to just play some tunes. And it's good for not only Rochester to see them play, you know, outside of their concerts, but also, you know, for the musicians here, uh, for us. And, you know, because in two, a lot of local musicians can g- come down and play, too, which is great. And I think, you know, I started out myself, you know, sitting in like I was a king of the sitter-inners, you know. <laughs> but that's how you learn. Sure. And, and I, think it's, uh, I think it's great for just everybody in the community to actually be able to see, like, a lot of the young kids come out and play. And it's a thrill for the young kids. And it's a th- really a great thing all around. You know, just for the community and for a lot of the festival goers and the participants. Now, in addition to being a very fine player yourself, you also know a lot about the history and tradition of the drums. Oh, yeah. And uh, you and I spent a very entertaining afternoon once talking about Philly Joe Jones. Oh, yeah. The other night, I saw another one of the legends, and that's Jimmy Cobb. Oh. What do people need to know about Jimmy Cobb? Oh, boy. Well, Jimmy Cobb, you know, was... uh, Boy, and is, I should say, like... For me, it's just I, I couldn't see that show, unfortunately. But Jimmy, the audience really should know about Jimmy Cobb. Is he, he really kind of was really pretty much an innovator. He came out of Philly Joe Jones and Max Roach. And, but, you know, his cymbal beat was very quarter note driven, which was like pretty different. Can you sing that a little bit? Just like jing, jing, ding, jing, ding, jing, ding, jing, ding, like that. And, and it, was, it was very unique in a lot of ways to where, like, uh, you really can't, Nobody can really dupe that, you know. It's like because you know I, I know a lot of the guys that play with play with Jimmy, you know, and they say the same thing. It's sitting behind him is he's like a powerhouse, you know, and it's just just he could play the simplest thing, yet it's just it's just going to be like come at you like crazy, you know, just because he's got all that history behind him, you know, playing in Miles' band and Witten Kelly and West Montgomery and and uh, you know it's 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 very interesting. It just like. All the records in, in the CDs that I have with Jimmy, I play to every, it's just about every day. It just, just how he made the band swing and how he made it feel. And, and I think it's funny because I've talked to a lot of drummers, you know, it's when, when he took, uh, replaced, uh, you know, Philly, you know, it was, it really it was to, for me, man, it was, it's, and I, as much as I love Philly Joe, I'm, you know, I, I still love Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy was, it wasn't a letdown <laughs> for right. me at least, you know, and I, you know, he was, He's a beautiful musician and just one of the... I've really never met Jimmy, but I, obviously I, I know a lot of people that know him, and they say he's a gracious, very nice man, you know, so... Now, you've been playing shows here in the festival as well, right? And all this... Yeah, all this I have. T- talk about your who you've been playing with and how well, it's been. Well, it's been fantastic. Well, I, I got... Actually, I got a last-minute call to play with... Uh, uh, I played with Benny Golson the other night, you know, so that was a lot of fun. It was Dennis Irwin was playing bass, you know, and Antonio... Chaka was playing piano, so we had and Benny was great. That was that was a blast. Uh, I heard there were a lot of great stories in that show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Benny was great. Yeah, he told a lot, of, which was great because it kind of kind of informs the audience about a lot of stuff. He's one of the living legends. That's you know? right. So that's not secondhand. You're getting it right from the source. No, and that's like crucial these days. So you know, I played played with him, and I, last night I did the Woody Herman Four Brothers Seven. Uh, in a little while, I'm going to be playing with Phil Flanagan and his wife Hannah Richardson at the street on this jazz street stage. Then I'm playing. Th- uh, let's see, I'm playing uh, tomorrow with uh, Time Pieces. This is quartet from uh, Canada. I'm playing Thursday with James Moody in, in Kilbourne Hall, and then I'm playing <laughs> f- Saturday with Reg Schwager, guitar player from Canada. 
And then what else did I do? I think I did something. <laughs> yeah, I can't. yeah, oh but it's been God, great. Oh my God, man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been yeah a lot a lot of stuff. But you're it's... like the utility infielder there, man. <laughs> yeah. We need somebody good, so let's call Molito. Yeah, he's well, on every single night of the yeah <laughs> the jazz fest. yeah. I think it's been like two or three hits a day, you know. So, but it's great. You know, That's I've been awesome. having a blast, and it's uh, you know it's just great to see the town come alive. Now, so. talk about that though. I mean, so you have to be on stage this week with people you've never been on stage with before. Oh, right? absolutely. Now, so when you sit. You're sitting down on stage, and let's say you got Benny Golson standing in front of you on the stage. Right. What's What's that moment like before the first downbeat? I mean, what What are what, you listening for? What do you What do you have to pay attention to? What What's your job there? In that? Well, you know what's really interesting is Benny didn't have any music for me at all. So we had a li- little teeny rehearsal, but just run throughs of little things. So trying to remember that it's kind of frightening because you know you're thinking, oh man, if I mess up, ah, you know. But I guess, you know, for me, whenever I play with all these great guys, just sitting behind them, you know, I think about all my heroes, you know, like Philly Joe and Cobb and all those, you know. And I, I think about all those drummers and like, man, hopefully, uh, you know, you know, it's just it's, it's kind of a little intimidating in a way. But then you just, you know, you, you kind of got to separate yourself from that and just say, you know, I'm, I'm me. I'm here right now. I'm going to do the best I can. And, and it's just uh, and it's, it's just a great experience. Now, I'm, I'm not too jaded yet to get giddy when I'm in a room with guys like that, and I wonder, what's it like for you? I mean, you've played behind a lot of famous people, but when you're on the stage with somebody like Benny Golson, is it still a thrill? Oh, yeah, the ultimate thrill. Because, you know, you really feel... Like, I, I got a chance to play with James Moody here in Rochester, like, for a month back in 94. And every, for every, every night, this is like six nights, every, for a month. He was here for a month? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and it was... Man, I had dinner with him a lot, and we had a lot of. He shared me a lot of stories with me, and he was a delightful guy to play. But when I played behind, man, there was a certain power with these guys, and this really goes back to what we were talking about, Jimmy Cobb, and, and about Benny. There's a certain you hear that that mm-hmm. history, you feel is just you feel that that power, and it's something that's you know, it's it's kind of hard to describe, but it's just there's a feel up there. There's so a depth of the history that just comes through in their playing that's just astounding. It's just like, it's like, you know, it's, it's earth-shattering. You know, and they can play one note. It doesn't have to be, it's not even about how many notes they play. It's just, just the way they actually phrase those notes and the sound. It's amazing. Somebody uh, on the street, I, I heard somebody compare Eldar to Art Tatum. And I said to the person standing next to me, that's a very nice comparison, and he's a very talented piano player, but Art Tatum had also lived a lot of life. Oh, yes. And you could hear that in what he played. Absolutely. And uh, I just I think that's what you've just said. I mean, I think it's really important. Ex- yeah. I mean, Miles was 18 and 19 when he recorded some of the great stuff he recorded, but at the same time, there was a lot of depth in his playing in later years when he lived more, you know, when he had more under his under his belt, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of guys tend to compare, like, you know, a lot of, I mean, one of, one of uh, actually, the shows that you did with Grant Stewart, you know? I remember... Uh, Grant talking about like Lou Donaldson, I think really said some nice things about him or something. He, and and it's funny he goes, I think you asked like where do you find yourself, you know? And, and he goes, well, man, I don't find my, you know, he's <laughs> trying to laugh. Where are you in the tradition? I don't find myself in the tradition. But that's you right. know, it's that all those guys. I think that's the reason uh, why guys like Grant play so great is because you know it's, I mean, all's really we can do. I should say all's we really we can do is in today's music is just try to just. Kind of, you know, have roots and be really respectful to the roots. And, but, you know, obviously try to develop your own thing, you know. And I think 
you know, what a lot of people don't realize, like they'll say like Grant sounds just like Sonny Rollins. Well, he does, yet he doesn't. You know, it's, it's Grant. I mean, every time I hear Grant, I know Grant's written two notes compared to Sonny Rollins in tune. I, it's just, you know, and I think it's just uh, like Eldar, you know, Ray Han, but, you know, he's a marvelous talent, you know, but you, to compare to our Tatum, I mean, I'm sure he'd even say the same thing, you know. I mean, sure, any, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's just, uh, but it's it's great. There's a lot of, there's some really fine, fine players, like, I don't think that really get the recognition, you know. Well, man, I gotta say, uh, I'm amazed you even have time to be sitting here talking to me, given that you're <laughs> doing a couple sets tonight every night at the festival. But oh, this is I thank great. you for doing it, man. Oh, it anytime. To talk to you. It's always great to talk to you, and I, thanks for doing all you do, man. It's great. And now, from Mike Melito to our last bit of audio, another sound sample from Trio Beyond. for this day five edition of the jazz session i'm jason crane thanks a lot for listening please subscribe to the show if you can you can find all the links to do that at thejazzsession.com, including a button to do a one-click subscription via itunes if you're an itunes user and don't forget you don't need an ipod to listen to the show of course you can just play it right off the website which is pretty snazzy We've also got a mailing list. Folks have been signing up, and we've had record download days, about four record download days uh, during the Jazz Fest, which is really exciting. And I thank everybody for tuning in and obviously telling some friends. It's great as I walk around the Jazz Festival to talk to people who say, hey, I listen to your podcast. Also, check out the uh, website for links to other Jazz Fest coverage from Fretful Porpentine, Cup of Books, slash Cup of Jazz, uh, Jazz at Rochester, Ron Netsky, Frank DeBlaze. Lots of great people are out there writing about this festival. And uh, at least one or two not particularly great people, but I'm not linking to them. So enjoy that stuff. Please come back tomorrow. There's lots more great jazz at the festival. Tomorrow I'm going to have an interview for you with drummer Matt Wilson, and I'm really happy to talk to Matt again. I've had him on my various shows a number of times. And i got to say this about Matt Wilson – when you want to feel good, you can put on a Matt Wilson record, and it always works. We'll talk to him about his new one, which is called Scenic Root. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great time, and please come to the Jazz Fest if you can. Lots of great free music, even if you don't have a ticket. Take care. 
Thank you for listening. Bye.